Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ringer NBA show group chat. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm joined today by Jason Concepcion, Kevin O'Connor, Justin Verrier, and Paolo Getty. We talked Cavs, Celtics, game five, which the Celtics won without much problem. Uh, we also talked a little bit of Warriors Rockets and some offseason Kawhi news, some Doc Rivers news. Want to make sure you're listening to Ringer NBA show all week long. We got Heat Check on Sunday, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor. We got Sources Say, group chat and draft class. So you have a full slate of shows, a lot of which are going up late at night after these conference finals games. We'll continue that into the finals. While I've got your attention, please subscribe to channel 33 on the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can hear the big picture with Sean Fennessy, jam session with Amanda Dobbins and Juliet Lippman, the press box with David Shoemaker and Brian Curtis, and damage control with Justin Charity and Kate Nibbs. Without further ado, let's get into group chat. Basketball is very good. OKC would make the finals in the East. Ben Simmons doesn't need a jumper. Terry Rozier is more clutch than Kyrie. Basketball is very good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's group chat. Yeah. Yo. It's Yay. Jason Concepcio, Kevin O'Connor, Justin Verrio, Chris Ryan, Paolo Getty, Blog Boys, Bitcoin Boys in the back, everybody in the booth. Congrats to Steph Snowden to the Washington Capitals! <laughs> we are here. Oh, there was a basketball game. We are here to talk about Celtics, Cavs, game five. We're gonna talk a little bit about NBA offseason stuff, a little bit about the Warriors Rockets. Kevin O'Connor, I'm gonna what tell up? you something right now. Okay. And I feel weird. I feel slightly dirty saying this. I feel Ooh. like I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> okay. Jason Tatum was the best player on the floor tonight. Whoa! Oh. That's some spice for me. It's, it's not even that spicy. Even it's spice. not even that spicy. It was. He, we, he was we watched. I, I think earlier in the day, like uh, there, the talk about this Celtics team is that when it gets to this kind of point in the series, right? When mm. they're when they're yeah. up against the, not up against the wall, but when they are even with the Cavs like this, who is going to be the person? who gets the basket when they need it. And time after time tonight, it was Tatum. And he did more than just get the baskets. He got, racked up assists, yeah. steals, jumping passing lanes, had, had some weak side blocks, rebounded. Tatum did absolutely everything for the Celtics. So to your point, tonight, tonight yeah. at least, yeah. he for was one the best only, on the yeah. floor. Yeah. His plus minus, just 19. Plus minus was we're not talking enough about the job he's doing. <laughs> this is the game we were waiting for him to have, yeah, essentially, yeah. which is weird to say because he is the youngest player on the floor. And but that's where we are with the Celtics team. A guy like that just plays completely above his head. Jalen Brown also had a really good yeah. game. I, just, I thought it was interesting that Terry Rozier was three for fifteen tonight because Usually, if that's the kind of performance you're getting out of your starting point guard, it does not augur well for a victory. Usually that only happens on the road with Terry. Yes, right, exactly. He had a Cleveland game in Boston. Um, more broadly speaking, I guess we could talk a little bit about the Cavs, although I don't really know how many different ways to look at yeah, this that's... Cavs team. I mean, LeBron James, they put him out there for f almost 40 minutes in what was not even as close as the 13-point victory suggests. The other guys got to show up. Yeah, it's... It, how many times can you really say versions of that? I thought the Celtics did a really good job of letting Jordan Clarkson and J.R. Smith get the ball and do things because those two guys were bad. Yeah. It's a uh, and it was like almost as if they were working undercover for the, for the Celtics. It's so weird how tetchy LeBron has yeah. been historically over the course of his career that the ride or die guy for him is J.R. That that's the guy that like, he seems to have J.R. blindness. Well, you just feel like it. if he gets into one of those grooves where he hits four threes, five threes, 
it would be great if they could get anything from anyone not named LeBron James and, and Kevin Love. I mean, they're not getting that much from Kevin Love, though. It's 14 points. Yeah, but th- at least that's something. Everyone else, Tristan Thompson, one point. J.R. Smith, two points. George Hill, seven points. Larry Nance Jr., two points. It's and, like. And the funny thing is with LeBron, he hit a lot of tough shots tonight, yeah. too. It's not like he was getting it easy either. Working so hard to yeah. get every point. Yeah, it, it wasn't like that game in Cleveland where it was over as soon as the first quarter basically ended, but it did feel that way at halftime where the Celtics had such an insurmountable advantage that yeah. the game was effectively over. And I think it was weird that the Celtics were shooting, I think, over 40% from three at home yeah. as opposed to what they were doing on the road. I can't account for the disparity that's happening yeah. with their offense, but when they show up, and maybe it has something to do with the uh, Cavs' defense or whatever, but when they show up, it almost feels like the Cavs can't punch back. Oh, yeah, not Celtics, at all. Celtics, I mean, is Celtics it Celtics harsh language? Like, what is, the, what is the magic of Boston that makes it? I mean, Celtics' <laughs> offense wasn't that terrific tonight, though. They had, like, a 103 offensive rating. But uh, it started start- really oh, well. Started, yeah, 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 I think yeah, that was sure. enough to where the stats might be skewed at the for end of sure. the game. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this. I think that last night, like, there was just, just like, this chaotic symphony of athleticism, long-range shooting, <laughs> tactical innovation. Yeah. Missed dunks. Missed positional dunks. flexibility, missed dunks. Right. Uh, tonight was not that. I no. mean, there's promise on both of these teams, and especially for Boston. I think the future is obviously really bright. But let me go through a couple of teams from the West, and I want to know if you think that they could beat this, <laughs> these teams. Because in our intro music, we have OKC would win the East. But I'm asking you, how, what would a series between Oklahoma City and Cleveland look like? Like, how, what's the disparity here? I think that's between probably, the conferences. It's probably like a six-game win for the Thunder. Like, this is both of these teams. It's hard to escape the reality that you watch this, and both of these teams are going to get waxed by whoever comes out of the West. See, I, I look at what the Celtics have done against LeBron and with their defense, and I think they would be able to take advantage of some of the flaws on the Thunder's roster in the what same flaws? exact way. <laughs> Carmelo uh, Anthony, Andre Roberson, not yeah. that good. That's what you're alluding to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Kevin, what do you think? Is there a disparity, or are we seeing? Is versus, this just the Styles makes fights kind of thing? Versus Houston and Golden State, or like other teams like Utah? Uh, below Houston and Golden State. I mean, Boston has the best defense in basketball, and that gives them a chance for right. sure. And then Al Horford's an All Star, and Jason Tatum's playing like one sometimes. So, I mean, I think they would have a shot against those teams for sure. You think they could beat the Thunder? Definitely. Okay, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Pal, did you want to jump in? I feel like you're, you're... No, I just think they would... I think the Cavs would beat the Thunder. I think we forget that Carmelo Anthony was on that team and he was playing 30-plus minutes a night. I think that would be... No, another. Did, did we forget? You know what? You, sure, but you guys, right you. You, you guys kind of did. What was, yeah, the, right. what was the Carmelo social thing today? What happened with Carmelo? <laughs> uh, that might be like fake news, so I don't know if we want to go this down that way. This is the time of fake news. I already yeah. still believe that Tom Thibodeau threw a computer through somebody's window. <laughs> it was basically like a revisionist history Instagram post about comparing Kyle Corbett to Carmelo Anthony and being uh, like, oh, oh, like, are we sure? Yeah, yeah. are we sure Carmelo Anthony, like, like Kyle Corver is better than Carmelo no, Anthony. But it was. Do, are we sure? We know that Melo had a better career, but are we sure that Kyle didn't have a better season? Yeah. Right. And, and then Melo allegedly w- went f out of here. Okay. Yeah. F O H. He's like, right. I got a comment on this. He's like, yeah. he's like this That's is good. this crosses the line. Well, well, did you have a question for us? Well, there was a question about the um, the Cavs specifically. You guys were talking about Jr. and uh, you, sir. Um, HWG Cleveland wanted to know: Does anybody have an answer for JR Smith's minutes monopoly over Kyle Korver in this game? Uh, uh, is just, it just that Korver is just a defense, a defensive liability that bad? Is Korver no. also still tired from Game Four? Yeah, that could. I mean, Jason Lloyd should ask uh, Tyron Lue in a very, in very aggressive fashion. 
Why is Jared Smith taking all the minutes? Because <laughs> well, I wanted to, to for asking that about, <laughs> yeah. about Redding Hood. That was great. I mean, could it just be as simple as matchups where yeah. Corver is effectively a four now, whereas yeah. Smith, even though he isn't good defensively, he can maybe stick with some guards or at least pretend to, to match up Jared with them. Jared Smith bit on like four pump fakes. Yeah, Jalen Brown had he, so many wide open threes. Where he flew practically into the crowd <laughs> in, in this game. In defense of Ty Lue. Like, wow. look at his options. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. not like, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. real now. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at his options point. here. Yeah, it's, it's a great It's point. like, maybe Corver is the type of player at 37 years old that when he gets into minute 25, 26, his, his production declines. So, like, yeah. maybe you need to keep him around 20 minutes in order to maximize his play. Like, that's always a possibility. Like, there's nobody else on that bench you're really comfortable throwing out there. All right, this it's is tough. a good segue, Kevin, because whenever, whenever you give me a take like that, I immediately think of Skip Bayless. I thought it was going to be Joe, Joe, and, uh, Joe Prunty, I thought. Skip's tweeted today, uh, this is just pathetic. LeBron is sitting on the scorer's table, <laughs> chugging water, trying to show the gullible witnesses that it. he's, quote, dehydrated. <laughs> Next, we'll hear he's suffering from chronic fatigue sy- sy- syndrome. Unnecessary shot at a very real disease, Skip. <laughs> Unreal. Which probably should be undisputed, but fatigue is something that I feel like has come up a little bit more in these playoffs. Mm. This The... The de- we talked about this last night when we were doing Rockets Warriors. You know, these teams typically have eight, nine, ten man rotations during the regular season. They're being shortened to seven, sometimes eight. And we're seeing a lot more minutes per guys. LeBron did not look like Pete no. LeBron tonight, to say the least, even though, you know, he put up his numbers. How much of a, a dim- like an asterisk are you putting on these things for, for exhaustion, you know? I'm, is this a chess move by LeBron to be like, I'm saving everything for game seven back here? I mean, it kind of, honestly, it kind of is. He has to pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, as we've been saying, it, he's not getting a lot of help from the roster, and it's unlikely that you can count on any of the guys showing up at any given time, even though they are going home. He has to do everything. And yeah, I mean, there was, there was a play uh, going into the half where it was like they called a timeout, and LeBron was just lagging way beyond behind everybody going to the bench. Like, about with two minutes left yeah, in the first I, he half. He yeah. looked absolutely gassed, and it's like, it, it's not an act. The guy is like... He played 82 games? Yeah. Right? He's playing more playoff games than he's had to before the finals in the whole decade? Add up all those playoff games that he's had, and that's how many extra seasons, Hun- actual yeah. seasons yeah. Yeah. that he's it's played. It's like a full two or three seasons yeah. extra. And they always say the play, like a playoff minute is worth two in the regular season. For sure. And then and, you watch the way he has to score. Like, he, it's... Post ups and a lot of dribbling and just reposting and it's so much energy. Right, like, it's really, really a tough Indiana series. So now against Boston, yeah. one of the best defenses in the league, everything's tough. I would just say also that given the precarious nature of his contract for Cleveland and and the in, like lack of clarity over whether or not he's going to come back. He's going to the Lakers. Oh. He's going to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen <laughs> a supporting cast get devalued. Like these guys are like the the new the new Cavs are basically like a bunch of new cars that get driven off the lot. They have been depreciating <laughs> at, incre- at decreasing amounts, you know, since they've kind of arrived. And the playoffs have really made these guys it's not look ready for prime time. If you're him, if they had lost to the Pacers, not that he would have stayed if that would have happened, but you could have just kind of written it off to like, we're just still getting used to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, well, Clarkson Clark- and Nance out here just don't look like they're be- they belong. They look like they're still in the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. They feel like they haven't like shaken off that way of play. And even when Nance was doing things well, seems like he didn't know how to finish over guys at the yeah. rim. He got into it with Marcus Morris, yeah. which didn't seem like a wise idea because 
after all that, he still didn't get Morris tossed, so n- nothing really came right. of it. <laughs> the response stopper, yeah. Right, and because Rodney Hood has been such a disappointment to the point where he's only playing three minutes in garbage time in a game that was basically sh- <laughs> like, showed up. Hit two shots, though, at the end. Yeah. My guy. <laughs> had those stats. But it, it, you have to play Clarkson more and just roll the dice with him and hope that he comes up with something, and more often than not, that's not going to happen. You have to play Clarkson more is just a rough place to be. If you're but look the at their guard rotation. Yeah. yeah. Do you have this a Clarkson no, Yeah, there was a question on Twitter uh, from DWeb10. Would you rather have Jordan Clarkson or a one-armed LeBron James? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, one-armed. Yeah, I think, think one-armed one LeBron James is way yeah. better than Jordan yeah. Clarkson. He can finish way better with the one-armed. I'm like Jordan Clarkson. It could be either arm, too. You would take a left-handed LeBron still. Yeah. All right, so... We've been watching these playoffs, and especially with these Cavs series, with the exception of RIP Toronto Raptors, uh, it does just feel like these guys are trying to win out at home and boil this series down to a game, a half, a quarter. You know what I mean? Like, everything is going to come down to that. So now Cleveland's in two must-win positions. They play very well at home. Boston plays very poorly on the road. Is there anything that to suggest to you that LeBron is saving a historic garden performance for Game 7? I mean, the, the, we've been talking. I, I don't even like talking about sports in this way as if guys are, like, hedging their bets. But if you watch the playoffs, it's hard not to think anything else. I mean, that's the Popovich plan, right? Mm-hmm. Every time a, a team uh, is threatening to blow out his team, especially as they got into the, the tail end of, like, the, his course career— they would just pump the brakes a little bit. And I think LeBron, honestly, it's a survival thing. He has to do that. Um, and I do hope, I hope he's saving it up for Game 7 because I'd, I'd like to see it one more time. It's, there's few things in sports more thrilling than when LeBron really like pulls one down and it's like gives you that 40-point triple-double to save the season one more time with a bunch of like nobodies on his team. I guess the question is, is a 40-point triple-double at the Garden enough to win Game 7 in Boston? Depends on what Tatum's doing. That's what the I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It depends on what Terry Rozier's doing. Like, he he would need to be better than 3 of 15 tonight. Jalen Brown would have to be better than 4 or 15. And you would probably need to Tatum to be even better than 7 of 15 sure. if LeBron's having a historic night like that. Do we feel like either team learned anything from this game? For nothing. instance, nothing. Bain started for the Celtics. Do you think that had any effect on maybe the rotations and the way things played That's out? actually yeah. a good point. I forgot yeah. that Bain started. I think, you know, Cleveland was attacking those switches a little bit differently yeah. when, when Boston would switch Rozier off and put Baines on LeBron after a pick and roll. Uh, Cleveland was sagging back right. and like then attacking from the perimeter mm-hmm. rather than having a post up. That was a little different. So maybe Boston will have a counterattack to that in game six. To the point about rotations, Ty Lue's on the podium right now. And he said that specifically about Corver. Mm-hmm. He said that Shemi was Corver's matchup and it threw the Cavs through a loop when Shemi wasn't in. Do you really want to go out there and just yeah, do like Brad Stevens checkmated me tonight? <laughs> That's right. essentially what he's admitting, right? <laughs> Shemi only played nine minutes last game, though, when that was Corver's best game probably of the series. Yeah. Ty Lue is an unreliable yeah. narrator. I, I like the idea of Ty Lue seeing Shemi and being, know, saw, not seeing him and being like, Abdul Nader tonight? He just three minutes through us off. You know what I think what some coaches do? They just throw stuff out there and just hope that media takes it. Like, they don't even mean what they say. So, Kevin, is this a... So, go ahead, pal. He, he did also admit that he said he looked a little tired to me, yes, about LeBron. Corver. About LeBron. Oh, about LeBron. Said, yeah, he said he looked a little tired to me. Incredible That's stuff right. from Tyler. <laughs> Great insight. <laughs> um, Kev, so this is going to be a one-game series, Game 7. Do you think that there's any chance that Boston finds some road mojo? Yeah, for sure. Yeah? I mean, with the de- their defense, of course. There's yeah. a chance. But are they like 1-9 on the road in the playoffs right now? Yeah, I mean... 
How much does it matter though? Moving, <laughs> looking ahead. <laughs> I, 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 mean that, I mean that in all seriousness. Yeah, okay. Like, 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 what does it matter sometimes what teams own the past? Honestly, I do like, think right it's now. kind of a yeah. trap game for Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, listen, if the sun is going to one day expand and destroy like all the planets of the inner universe, <laughs> of the inner galaxy, does it really matter? Does anything matter? <laughs> Why are we here? I'm just saying, you know, Why are we doing this podcast? <laughs> Why are we doing it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't account for it, but there were like the sh- same shots they were taking early in that first half were just going in every time. Yes. And I don't know if that's confidence. I don't know if that's crowd. I don't know if it's familiarity with the rims. But yeah. there is a significant difference to what the Celtics are doing at home. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, let me get a quick prediction for game six from you guys. Uh, Celtics win. Ooh. Yes. Cavs win. Cavs, I guess. I like you. I, I'm going with Celtics. Yeah. I'm going with like a weird, like LeBron is like, I'm, I'm going on vacation. Yeah, it's time to go to LA. Paolo, any other Boston, <laughs> Cleveland stuff before we move on and talk a little Rockets, Warriors? before? Well, I think um, it's interesting that Justin was saying they shoot better at home, but like they shot. 36% from the field tonight. Oh, I think early on they yeah. had enough success yeah. that the game completely changed. Right. And they I kinda, they, you know what they did take. tonight was not unlike what Golden State did to Houston yesterday, which is right. come out with sure. this huge knockout punch. Yeah. But unlike unlike uh, Houston, Cleveland never found any, never got a run to get back in it, really. I think they got it down to like seven or eight maybe, but this yeah. never felt like it was at all in contention. LeBron took his foot off the gas that's pedal. That's what I, yeah, that's and what I was going to say. I think things kind of trickled down from there. I do wonder maybe that is for his benefit, if I'm going to yeah. put on my tinfoil hat here, that he took his foot off the gas pedal and now all of a sudden maybe he has more energy because he didn't go for it now. There's a lot of assumptions going on in, in that declaration, but I don't know. He needs everything he can get because clearly like the team is going to ebb and flow based on if he scores 40. I think LeBron is so self-confident that he sees like a hot quarter from the Celtics and he's like, okay, I'm just going to like not go all in right now. And if there's a spot for me to pick my spot, so he's going to have to, if they yeah. go to game seven and that happens, they come out and throw a haymaker in the first quarter. LeBron's yeah. going to need to decide to actually yeah. go full tilt. Why would LeBron... Like throw away a game away though. That's like, what I'm asking. That's, that's, that's what I'm away. saying. It's like know, it just like, feels like more like, and more I, teams are like, oh, well, it does feel like yeah, that. I mean, this there's just the, in terms of like the leads that get accrued in these games, it it does mildly feel like teams are just like, okay, if it doesn't happen, if we can't cut it to ten in the next X amount of minutes, then yeah, but when you know. like LeBron like hustles the ball up the court and, court and kicks it out to Jordan Clarkson and he clanks it off the rim, yeah, I, that's not LeBron taking it easy. It's just no, no, no. no I don't think it's taking it easy, yeah. but there's something that feels almost like people are thinking in terms of a seven-game series rather than if we go all out tonight. You know what I mean? Like, and I almost yeah. feel like that that's not that hasn't that's been happening a lot in this series. Obviously, they swept the Raptors. It was just a complete. It was complete barnstorming but you know like this this just feels like these guys are like eh we'll be back here in a few days I don't think it also has to be a conscious decision it could yeah. just be a, a few plays don't go the right way and he sees things there that aren't going well and he almost slumps as a result of it maybe he goes a little bit slower and those things accumulate to the point where they're down multiple points I think we're just over. used to watching basketball sitting here and being like here come X. Here right. comes the Cavs, here comes the Rockets. And the only team really that we've seen like storm back in a game has been the Rockets last night. Right? Like, yeah. can, can you think of a conference finals game where the, the team that was down double digits came back and won? Celtics said earlier in the series. In this series. In the series. Yeah. Okay. Was it game two? Game two, yeah. Hey, everybody. We'll be back to talk a little bit of Warriors, Rockets, plus some offseason rumors. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show group chat is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring? Every business needs great people. 
and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply for your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNBA. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the Cavs and the Rockets just briefly. Um, Justin and I obviously talked a bunch about this yesterday on the Ringer NBA show. Kevin, you were there. Thank God you got out. Thank God you got. Thank God you got out. No, 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 hop on a fence after game game four. I wanted to ask you because Iggy questionable, Clay, we're not sure. Did mm-hmm. not. Did you feel like he looked like himself? No way. Okay. I mean, after he went down holding his knee, came back, airballed his first shot, and he hit some after that. Because he's Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. he can probably shoot. You know, not having he a is jump. Clay Thompson. Yeah, <laughs> but he certainly wasn't moving the same on the defensive yeah. end, around offense, running through screens. Didn't look the same. And if he's limited at all, and Iguodala's out, Houston could steal another one for sure. I think, no doubt. I, I'm really fascinated. This series could go on for like ten more games, as far as I'm concerned. It's so good. What were you gonna do if you were stuck in the in the, <laughs> yeah. in the, in the fence off area? Did you were you gonna go like Bear Grylls and like drink your pee? <laughs> <laughs> What's that movie where um, it's like oh, Jennifer Conley has to stay overnight in a Walmart and they like just like oh, use uh, the barbecue career opportunity career like that. Frank Whaley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the uh, one where Tom Hanks big next. was stuck in the airport? The terminal. <laughs> the terminal. The terminal. So we call it the Oracle, and it's Oracle. Kevin stuck in Oracle <laughs> Arena. <laughs> we can really milk this for a few weeks. This writes itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there anything you felt like you noticed watching Golden State live over the last couple of nights that you just hadn't noticed maybe on TV? Is there anything like we, we don't see when we're watching the left-to-right stuff that, that you noticed from the way they've been playing, or even Houston? I mean, I think Houston's played them hard the entire series, and that's even more apparent in, in seeing it in person. Like, mm-hmm. they play them tough, right? Like, everything's hard for Golden State. Even, like, in that 41-point loss in Game 3, it sounds ridiculous to say, but up until the middle of the third quarter, yeah. Houston yeah. made it hard on Golden yeah. State. Like, they really have to fight with their little quirky little, you know, fancy off-ball actions with a lot of isolations. Like, they're running double the ISOs yeah. this year with a lot with KD. So, Houston has really changed the Golden State's offense with their intense defense. And then game four, obviously, they took it to an either, uh, another level. Talk about that, because, like, Verna was, was roasting you. Uh, Verna was putting it. you on the, on the barbecue when you were talking yeah. about how they are, like, the scheme is actually good, but it's just like, what can you do when a team is that talented? And sometimes they're going to win by 41 points. But, like, that is the correct defensive <laughs> approach to play that. For but, sure. Like, the funny thing is, is, like, today people were tweeting me and Chris, like, some people telling Chris he needed to apologize to me, and me telling Chris <laughs> I need to apologize to him. Yeah. So it's like people still like like are one side of the fence or the other. I still one tend side to think, of the, I like what you did there. One side <laughs> of the fence. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I, I still I still think it's Houston entered the, the the series with a terrific game plan, and they made a tweak in Game Four 
especially uh, Iguodala out, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson now maybe injured. Sure. That took them to another level on the defensive end. We'll see how Golden State responds. Listen, I'm not going to root for injuries. I'm, no. very, I'm very pro-human uh, here <laughs> on this podcast. That's really good. We've got some incredible nice takes in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wild takes. Right. <laughs> but wouldn't it not be better for the rest of the league if – it sees that like the Warriors aren't infallible. That, uh, that they're infallible, yeah. That they're yeah. infallible, yeah. right. Yeah, we've seen uh, that they're infallible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but if a few injuries knock them off their pedestal, the Rockets advance because they, like this. they've gone for it, and now all of a sudden people aren't tanking as much. What if this is the answer to so tanking that we're that looking for? the Rockets beating the Warriors inspires the magic not to tank? 100%. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, this is a very uh, Grindelwald for the Harry Potter. Don't blow it up. For the greater <laughs> good. Shouldn't we root for injury? Here? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: is I do think a Houston-Boston finals is yeah. inspirational, and let me tell you that as someone who will not be watching a Houston-Boston <laughs> final, that is your worst nightmare. Yes, I am going to Atlantis if that happens <laughs> <laughs> with Joel. Yeah. Uh, Pally, do you have a question? Yeah, we got a question: uh, Is it possible that the Celtics are just not going to lose at home through this entire postseason and lose to either Golden State or Houston in seven? So essentially, carry every single game at the Garden until. Game seven of the finals. I mean, it's possible. I, well, I, I think the more interesting question here is like, how do they match up if they against either of these teams? I think they, they match up great physically and poorly talent talent wise. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like they have the best defense in basketball. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they could potentially steal a gamer here. You know, they well, could. Would the Celtics rather an injured Warriors team or the Rockets where they are now with Luke perhaps not injured, being a injured Warriors? Any other, like, the Warriors-Rockets stuff. I'm just trying to think if there was anything we wanted to hit with that. I guess, like, I don't want to talk about fatigue anymore. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, Zach Mack came up to me today and Mm -hmm. told me that uh, a a Golden State Warriors buddy, Zach Mack's one of our uh, podcast producers, and he said that his Golden State buddy was, like, out on Durant. Durant was screwing up their offense. Uh, holding up the ball. Now, I don't Come know who on, this guy is. Zach Mack. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think his friend also is just tweeting at uh, LeBron James for drinking water on the scorer's table. Um, did you get any sense of frustration from Warriors fans or, like that you saw in Oakland? Was there any, like... No. No. No, and there shouldn't be, because if you don't have Kevin Durant, then what do you do when Houston's forcing you into those isolations? Right. It's only Steph. He He's should have taken that. Guy. He should have taken that last shot. Yeah, they didn't. Like the last shot will go down. Well, they don't the fans don't care, man. They're just checking their eye watches for their like, <laughs> checking the stock exchange. Oh, oh, I believe, the term, to I the believe the term is Apple Watch. Yeah. Elon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pal, any uh, other Rockets Warrior stuff? We actually don't have any questions about that yet, but okay. I will say I think that like. It's been noted on Twitter and just like people talking about the Warriors crowd that they do have a certain different type of maybe embracement of uh, Curry than they do of Durant. And I don't know where it's just just because Curry has been there longer. It's just like he he's I think he's more fun to watch personally, but like I get why they're they're like somehow pitting them against it. It's it's uh I kind of I kind of see it. It's it's first significant other versus second significant. You know, like KD is the thing that weaponized the Warriors and made sure. them indestructible and Steph was the thing that made them lovable. I mean, you're not, you're never going to fall out of love with it's that. It's really poetic. Right? I love, I love that. <laughs> it's like Wade in Miami. Like, yes. I yes. assume yes. Right. during that era they, they thought Wade was their guy and LeBron was just a hired hand, essentially. Yeah, I think that Kevin definitely changes a little bit of the way they play, but Kevin's off to also like the safety valve, for yeah. sure. You're right. I mean, like those yeah. ISOs do become Steph. You, you need to isolate in the playoffs. Any interesting talk from around the, the 
conference finals, like any rumblings you heard? Because I want to talk a little bit about offseason stuff and some of the other teams that are sort of positioning themselves. Did you talk to anybody about any of this yeah. stuff that's been bubbling Just up? Kawhi stuff? Not really Kawhi stuff or anything like that. There's really nothing new with that as far as I know. But um, Did a guy Just, named Uncle Dennis? Uncle Dennis. Just really extension of some of the com- combine stuff yeah, that you okay. know, we wrote about on the Ringer this week. Okay, yeah, definitely check out Kevin's combine article. We got to talk about Doc. The Lord Doc. of Wilshire Country Club. Love it. Out of him. Ice back there, the number one Clippers fan at, the, you, at the ringer. How are you feeling about this? I know you, we're not going to be able to hear you, so I'll have to relay it. <laughs> Single tear emoji running down yeah. Isaac Lee's face. Uh, Doc Rivers re-upped with the Clippers as a coach. Mixed to a lot of, uh, received with a lot of mixed emotion on our ringer NBA Slack today. I was the only pro you voice. You pro Doc. Why don't you make the case for Doc? I just don't see why it's such a, a bad move. He did a particularly good job this year with the least amount of talent he's had in his run there. Yeah. And if you take away his, his GMing power, which is like his, his biggest flaw... He's still able to do enough on the coaching end that they were able to flirt with, what was it, the nine seed ultimately? Yeah. I still think like he got a lot out of some of those guys that I think maybe other coaches might not have been. And you look at what they're trying to do, where they're trying to walk this line between still being competitive, sort of, while also building for the future. I think he really fits that MO because he's shown that he could work with guys like Jawan Evans and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what did you think of it? I thought it was a little, you know, like I think they need to rebuild. And Doc... Part of the reason he left the Celtics is just he didn't want to be there for the rebuild. Now, if they're gonna if they're gonna take this middle path, which I think we all agree is, is hard to do and highly dependent on how attractive the market is, um, it, it's the right move. I, I I'm less strident about it since Justin talked to me about it. We had a heart to heart on Slack, <laughs> and I, I mean I see I see the utility in it, but I also think like. I, see your point, I just kind of feel like you're delaying the, the inevitable to a certain degree. Like, cool. so much of this team depends on Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari locked up for yeah. a significant Toby, period yeah. of time. Like, all these, like, guys who are 25, 28, 29 years old, and it's like winning 42, 43, 44 games is, like, not a sustainable way to build a team if you can't land those free agents. The thing is, it's like, who are you going to hire? you got to trade another first round for a coach. Yeah. So Doc is a guy players like around the league. Yes. Clippers are going to have cap space next summer. So, yeah, keep it's like who are the, who's yeah. still out there, right? Like Dwayne Casey, is that really a huge upgrade over no, Doc? No, man. Steve Clifford, essentially a Doc guy from the Doc school, am I yeah. right? You know like that that sort of like hard-nosed defensive school. I don't really know who's out there unless you want to take a run at a college coach and hope you hit the next Brad Stevens. That was that was my thought too because it's like you talk about if you're going to fire your coach, you need to know who you're going to get after him. And like, especially if the players like Doc and you want at least a semi-competitive team and you're trying to see if you can package a deal for Kawhi, then why go and get like a young, like why go and get like Stackhouse, for example? Like he's not going to come in and be like the guy right away. So you, there was really no upgrade there. So I don't, under, I, that's why I personally was more like, this is a fine move. I think the thing that's really exciting about this move, incredibly exciting about this move is you have another year of Doc Rivers Combined with an Austin Rivers contract year. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's, and like it's like trying to enrich the Rivers family of generational wealth. It's a, it's a Jared Kushner-esque conflict <laughs> of interest that I just cannot wait to watch. Isaac looks like he either ate a ghost pepper or is looking at the next five years of his, of his life. Uh, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about the Kawhi sweepstakes. Um, because today, 
I can't remember who reported it. I think Slam was talking about, that may have been aggregated, I can't remember, but that the Clippers were going to get into the Kawhi mix. We were talking about this a little bit before yeah. the game today, and I think I'm probably on the side of, like, like the Spurs don't have to do anything at this point. And, like, this is a lot of fun speculation, but if I'm Popovich and if I'm Buford, I'm just like, you talk, leak as many stories as you want, talk to as many people as you want, try and stir up as many like fake trade packages as you want. <laughs> You're a top three player unless we get a top three player back, forget it. Well, it's like we talked about earlier, like, you yeah. know, the deal Bill Simmons is throwing out a lot, like the 12th pick, 13th pick with Tobias Harris and a future Clippers first. It's like, yeah, maybe as a last resort if you're the Clippers, but you don't do that in June, right? Right. If you're the, if you're the Spurs, I think you try to drag this out, try Absolutely. to fix the relationship, and if you can't, Say, hey, guess what, Kawhi? You're going to sit out the whole year again? Come back. What you know, come back in training camp and play. Yeah. And then maybe he raises his value or you screw yourself. That's always possible. But I think you get it, try to extend it if you're, the, if you're the Spurs. Well, what I thought was interesting is before this, there was a local report in the, in the San Antonio News, uh, Express News, I believe it is, mm -hmm. that suggested that the Spurs were willing to offer Kawhi that max extension, which seems... Like a public olive branch. See, yes. Yeah, it seems exactly. like it was timed well to suggest we don't have to move quickly here. We still hold this big option exactly. over Kawhi. I love talking about Kawhi trade packages and possible destinations for Kawhi and whether or not like Jordan Brand is behind all this. Like, but would it surprise you at all if you like wake up on Friday and it's like Spurs and Leonard uh, like reach agreement on Max, Supermax? Not at all. I mean, I think that um, Lamarcus Aldridge's first year kind of points the way forward in terms of like a framework for how it could work. You know, LaMarcus was unhappy the whole year, wanted out, Whisper said, and then they, Pop figured it out. And then the next year is like, that was on me. I didn't, I didn't know or, how to do it, I figured it out. And Or does it go like Vince Carter? When he got traded <laughs> wow. many, many years ago, and they <laughs> traded him for old Alonzo Mourning and like two second round picks or whatever it was. Right. You yeah. go that way too, where it gets worse during the season. So, like, that, that's like the bet the Spurs have to make. Like, you got to try to fix it because Kawhi is unbelievable. Yeah. But if you can't fix it, then you're there in a spot where, like, oh, do we wait? Do we hold off here? Or we pull the trigger like October, you know, right before the season. Yeah, the hard, like the hardened timing. Yeah. Did you? I think, the, I think the more recent example of that is the Kyrie thing, right? Like where he was upset, he wanted to trade, and the Cavs gave it to him. And yep. now it's like, if Kawhi's unhappy, but if you have the infrastructure there that the Cavs didn't have to like sort of, yeah, bend, Dan you know, Gilbert made that trade, right? Yeah, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Accounts. So it's like, where which that's kind of your fork in the road, I think, for the Spurs. Well, what is enough for Kawhi then? Like, would yeah. you build a package around know. Brandon Ingram? Is Markel Fultz and maybe Dario and, and picks enough? I don't know. Like, we're at the point here where it's like... I'm, I'm saying if you, I'm, if if I'm the Spurs, anything. I just would say no to everything. Yeah. So, I would you, so you would bank, like, going all the way to February, the trade deadline, like, at that point, and then you make your decision, or you're just riding it out... I'd be very, very, very interested to see if Kawhi Leonard did not play until February. Is this a... Are oh. we, is he on strike? Is that what's going like on? A like a full holdout. Is yeah. that what's happening? Now with Dodgers games. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo, any other questions before we get out of here? Well, there's a question of from Lab Labin Massey. Uh, who's the fall guy for the Warriors if they lose? Ooh, I oh, like that. I like that. That's a good it's question. probably KD. Just because it's always KD, right? Traymond would be the obvious, like... It depends on what happens. If they just yeah. get beat straight up, I think you probably would blame the lack of depth. Is it Steve Kerr? Man, like is, a, is why did Kurt all call the timeout? I can see people doing that. But is that like you know? one, like two mistakes in three yeah. years I mean, he's made? Like, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the fall guy. It's yeah, sometimes it's I don't all know. it takes. 
Do we yeah. want to talk about their center rotation and like how they have like four centers that they're not playing? That's bad. That's that's <laughs> the only thing. That's not Rudy's fault. Yeah, he <laughs> did not step up. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, is there really a fall guy? Can you, you have a fall guy? You, you can't blame Bob Myers because, like, that's what he has to deal with. He's made some good draft picks. I mean, I, the, these guys just aren't ready yet. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there would not be a fall guy. I mean, you're talking about, like, guys being injured, yeah. KD uh, not taking the shot, and then uh, Clay not calling the timeout. Those are kind of fluky things, but at the same time, like, are, it's not like we feel like the Warriors are now not going to win this series for sure. I just I feel like there's not a not a pure scapegoat yet. It no, would have I, to be some kind of real, real. It could be disaster. the best, and losing could be like one of the best things that happens to them because it could energize this particular group for the next couple of seasons. That's or, like Draymond. That's like the Draymond take when he said the right? other night, like, uh, "This is good for us. This is a good feeling for us. We need to we need to feel this." <laughs> it would subject us to an entire summer of wondering what should the Warriors do to improve, yeah. and we would start to hear whispers about. Clay, whether or not he should take that extension or go elsewhere, whether or not Draymond should be traded now or in the future. Honestly, it would be great for the ringer.com in our blog section. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Any last, one, last questions? Content. Yeah, I don't know if you guys missed this uh, little bit of news. Uh, it was pretty. I think it's pretty important. Uh, it was reported that LiAngelo Ball is going to have a private workout with the Warriors. <laughs> I would like to know your comment on that. A private workout? A private yeah. workout with the Warriors. It's coming. Uh, Warriors on NBCSN. Oh, okay. So it wasn't yeah. like no, LeVar. No, it's legit. <laughs> it wasn't LeVar. It was not Big Baller brand media. Honestly, Nick Young's on the Warriors. But the crazier things could happen. <laughs> Nick Young played, like, played nine minutes like, or whatever it was last night. Listen, if you're light years ahead and you think that Lonzo is going to be a player maybe 10 years from now and he might be getting into free agency, right. wouldn't you want to get into the family circle now? a long game for, for Lonzo. Why not? Relationships matter. Same thing with Costas Antetokounmpo. Oh, yeah? In the, in the draft this wow. year. There you go. Right? I like it. Set I like up it. for Giannis's free agency. It's all connected. All right, for Jason, <laughs> for Kevin, for Justin, for Paolo, for everybody in the back, this has been Group Chat. Check out Draft Class going live tomorrow after Rockets Warriors. Heat check on Sunday. Chris and, uh, Chris and Kev on Tuesday. Heat check everything next week. We'll keep it going throughout the finals. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.